But one of the soldiers with a spear opened his side and immediately there came out blood and water. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So often as we read or listen to the Holy Gospel in the context of Holy Mass, we are exposed to being pierced through by a living word. The liturgic gospel is no mere reiteration of a text. It's not about reading human words. It's not the rehearsal of an account consigned over 2,000 years ago to paper. When the Holy Gospel is read in the context of the sacred liturgy, it comes to us, I want to say, warm and moist, carried on the very breath of God. The liturgic gospel is like a javelin aimed at the human heart. For this reason, we are to come to Holy Mass ready to be pierced through. It's a dangerous thing coming to Holy Mass. It's a risky business. It's not simply an act of piety, an expression of faith. One who comes to Mass exposes himself to the action of God in word and in sacrament. And so, today's Holy Gospel is not merely the account of what happened on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. When the Holy Gospel is proclaimed, what was there and then penetrates into our here and now. That's the grace of the sacred liturgy. The there and then becomes the here and now. And so, listening to this gospel, the very one that we heard on the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, listening to this gospel of the immolation of the Lamb. For St. John, Jesus is the Lamb, the immolated Lamb, the Lamb whose identity cannot be separated from the altar of the immolation, nor from the cross. So today's feast, you see, is not without a certain connection to what happened at Knock in 1879. 
this feast of the precious blood has a deep mystical connection with Nock. Nock is the epiphany of the immolated lamb. And as soon as we allude to the immolated lamb, we are faced with the mystery of the most precious blood. I'm quite moved by our crucifix. The crucifix here, uh, the, the actual cross, not the corpus, the actual cross um, came from a redundant church in the Netherlands. And we were invited to go to this redundant church and the parish priest said, is there anything here, look around, is there anything here that you would like to have for your monastery in Ireland? And my eyes came to rest upon this extraordinary cross with two symbols, or rather a symbol and a word, the base of the cross, the chalice, the chalice, and that quintessentially Benedictine word, pox. And when I saw the chalice and the word pox, I knew that the cross was destined for Silver Stream. And now, offering the holy sacrifice from this altar every day, I look up and I see the chalice. The chalice meets the bleeding feet of Jesus. The symbolism was not lost on me the first time I noticed that. This is the chalice of my blood, of the new and eternal covenant. The pox inscribed at the foot of the cross is the fruit of the most precious blood. If you have a moment today, I invite you to pray the litanies of the most precious blood. The litanies of the most precious blood were particularly dear to Pope John XXIII, who made them part of the uh, collection of litanies recognized by the Church for public recitation. And the litanies of the Most Precious Blood were also, and I'm sure are, still very dear to Pope Benedict XVI, because in 2009, he gave a remarkable discourse in which he reflected on his experience growing up in Catholic Bavaria and the importance given to the precious blood of Jesus and to the recitation of the litanies of the precious blood during the month of July. So I would invite you to look at the litanies of the precious blood today, not merely to recite them, but there's a way of praying the litanies of the precious blood 
that allows one to experience with each invocation a drop of the most precious blood falling upon the heart. That's the characteristic of litanic prayers, if not, that uh, each invocation is a new touch of grace. And in the litanies of the most precious blood, each invocation is in some way a drop of the precious blood falling upon the heart. And one can pray the litanies of the most precious blood not only for oneself, but for others, for the souls in purgatory, for the church, for the church, the whole church, the church Catholic. It's interesting that when the feast of the most precious blood was instituted, in 1849, it was in direct relation to the vicissitudes suffered by the church at that particular moment in history. And so, by God's design, by his liturgical providence, today's feast is bound up with the vicissitudes of the church as she moves through history. For this reason, uh, today is a day of powerful intercession for the Church, the Bride of Christ, for the members of his mystical body, united among themselves under the headship of the church's shepherds and in the care of her priests. St. Catherine of Siena, this passionate, mystic, donna di fuoco e di sangue, a woman of fire and of God, you were to read the prayers of St. Catherine of Siena, you would be struck by the presence of the most precious blood, I want to say, on every page of her writings. And Catherine is always about applying the most precious blood to the suffering church, to souls, to the church. St. Catherine, I think, or she figures certainly among the mystics of the precious blood in the church, but I think that St. Catherine's ecclesial mission is so bound up with this application of the precious blood to the church in prayer that it is strikingly appropriate to this moment in the church's history, and I want to say even to this day in the church's history, always 
the liturgical providence of God. So, I would invite you to uh, apply the cleansing, purifying, healing, vivifying power of the precious blood to the church. And the precious blood is given us in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The little chalice at the foot of our cross uh, evokes that nucleus of souls gathered about the altar of the cross on Calvary. The traditional iconography represents, of course, our Blessed Lady. She was present there, standing at the cross. The beloved disciple John and Mary Magdalene, the other holy women. There is a sense in which this little nucleus, this little um, presence of the church, uh, that is an image of the church gathered at the foot of the cross. And I seem to see Our Lady and St. John and Mary Magdalene, the holy women, holding their souls like so many open chalices at the foot of the cross to receive every drop of the precious blood. St. Therese had an experience before she entered Carmel as a mere girl when an image of the crucified slipped out of the pages of her missal Surely Brother Kashuk knows the story because he knows everything about St. Therese. But an image of the crucified slipped out of the pages of the missal and she noticed dripping from the hands and the feet of the crucified the precious blood and it was given her in an instant to understand that her role was to catch every drop of the precious blood in the chalice of her own soul and to apply it to souls in need, to sinners, notably to the criminal Pranzini. She, she adopted him as a spiritual child and already as a girl, understood that she was called to be a mother to souls. And this by the most precious blood. Where there is blood, there is life. In the Bible, blood is life and life is blood. And so St. Therese saw that her role was to receive the precious blood and then apply it to souls following uh, in the footsteps of the great mystic of the precious blood, the doctor of the church, St. Catherine of Siena. So today, on this feast of the precious blood, uh, I invite you to consider attentively uh, not only the bleeding body of the Lamb, because in this crucifix there are uh, drops of blood depicted uh, on the hands from the wounded side, was described in the gospel and from the feet of our Lord and at the 
foot of the cross, beneath his sacred feet, the chalice. And then the word pox. If you would have peace, trace your way upward from the chalice that receives the precious blood to the body of the Lamb, the source of that blood, to the sacred side pierced by the soldier's lance. It will be given you in this way to experience today the power of the most precious blood of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.